But, um... Yeah, no, I, I'm excited, though, because, like, I've got my tabs open again. They're, uh, it's actually surprisingly easy to play a lot of the LOTR songs on the ukulele, and they sound decent, which I wasn't expecting because it's so much, like, specialized instruments on that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And orchestral. That's that's some other shit we could do on, like, Patreon or something. Mm-hmm. Christy, Christy sings on her ukulele. I would Christy do that. does, like nerdy requests on her ukulele <laughs> some of them would be too hard though and i'd be like oh sorry no, <laughs> no. do yeah do the doctor who theme yeah <laughs> um but yeah no i it's it's i when i put it down for like two weeks and then i pick it up again it's like i'm so sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> uh well anybody anyway anybody anyway anybody anybody <laughs> Everybody, welcome to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode, what, 111? 12. 112? 112. Yes. Last, yeah. last year was, ele- or last week, was 11th. This is 12th? 12th. Who doesn't love 12th? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we are at episode 112th, and um, we today have a magical episode for you. <laughs> But um, we'll get to that. Uh, I've been waiting for this episode for so long, and we decided we're going to make it a series, and I'm so pumped. But we will get to that when we talk about the major episode. For now, why don't we just say who's here? It's our regular three back to the battlefield of podcasting. I almost said improving podcasting. Uh, we've got Tim, who <laughs> you just wires say hi. Hi, everybody. And we got Marky Mark sitting there in his little office space. Hi, guys. <laughs> Well, I want to get you a red stapler, just to have. Why? Because you sit in an office. <clears throat> see you Do, in your don't home you office. sit in an office? Yeah, no, no. Christy's always on the couch, like you and me are Loudly. in our offices. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yep. That's true. That's why Christy's audio track is always so much fun to work with. You're welcome. <laughs> I should just record in a closet. If we had room. I wouldn't hate that. I no, totally wouldn't hate that. <laughs> when Mark and I get a house, I'm going to have a little recording studio, I hope, in like a closet space so just like set up a little table and a microphone but like line everything with blankets mm-hmm. so because that works the same way as sound um when it's just like minimal yeah like if i have kids and a dog then it's not gonna be as effective but then it'll just be mummy's private wine du- cellar <laughs> <laughs> go away kids mummy's working <laughs> mummy's "Quote unquote podcasting." <laughs> yeah, just come out like four nights know. a week, mommy. I can hear the bottles clinking. Yeah, <laughs> that's just for, but that's just Christy like trying to get in and out of the room because they're just piled up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> mommy has a problem. Yeah, mommy's got a problem. Actually, Mark and I were—he made the funniest joke. It might not translate. Just want to throw that out there. But he wants to name our son Reese, and if he's allergic to peanut butter, he'll just say he's like a huge disappointment all the time. <laughs> just be like Reese, your disappointment. Your namesake means nothing. And he's yeah. like, he keeps talking about it as a joke, but then yeah, like yesterday or the night before, he was just like, So do you actually like the name Reese? I was like, not particularly. <laughs> and he's like, Are you do you think we could maybe look at it as a name if we ever get pregnant one day? And I was like, We're not doing that to our child. You are not going <laughs> to have this long con on our kid. <laughs> You're not turning our child into a meme. <laughs> you know that no matter what you name the kid, he's going to find a way to do. Yeah, that. he is. This is Mark we're talking yeah. about. Like he's <laughs> that's he is the ultimate troll. Like he's going to find <laughs> a way oh to my fuck with you. Some God, he 
was dying on the way to the trailage the other day. Like he was just telling me about this meme he saw, and he's like, "I like stuff that ruins things." I was like, "What?" <laughs> he was like, "I like shaking up the status quo and like having something come out of left field." And I was like, "Oh my god, you're a four channer. I'm marrying yeah. a four channer." He was like, "No, that's not the same." And I was like, oh, lo, 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 lo. "You know it is." Like, <laughs> uh, so, but he was just like laughing so hard at a joke he told himself and then i'm just sitting there like huh <laughs> anyway welcome to dance robot dance everybody we are here we are uh going on just just like a, a huge torrent 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 tangent, tangent? a torrential Guys, i had three sips of wine i'm like three sheets to the wind <laughs> I don't even know what's fucking going on anymore. So like, <laughs> this I'm, is why people fun. love it when time. Christy yeah, hosts. We're just, <laughs> just holding yeah. on for dear life at this point. Yeah, basically, I'm just trying to find a foothold here. I don't know what's going on. Like, we didn't get any like any talking points this week, so Mark and I are just like we have no idea what's going to happen. Because we're guess we're ta- I guess we're talking about this movie series. I guess yeah. that we're but talking Mark, about like that's just what we're talking Mark about. said a couple episodes ago that he likes it when we don't have flow all the time. So I thought, why not? What's yeah. true. Why not just have, except when I... I'm just the OCD one that likes likes having shit planned out, but that's just my personality. No, it's a good, it's good, it's a good trait. Oh my god, I am. I'm like tipsy. What's going on? Um, (laughs) But no, it's a... (laughs) Fuck. I I was just gonna say, can I go smoke a joint? Because I feel like at least then I would be able to, like, match your energy, or at least be (laughs) stolen enough to understand what you're talking about. Yeah, I haven't had anything at all to drink today. Um, Yeah, like, I don't really know what's going on. This is what happens when you start intermittent fasting. You're like... So, like, if you have any alcohol, oh, yeah, because you're also like drinking on a fucking empty no, stomach. Not empty. I just uh, not full. So, um, anyway, uh, yes. Why don't we just jump right into the news? Uh, it's not a lot of news this week. Not a ton going on geek wise. We did have a new commercial drop for the new Sabrina series, which was quite creepy. Like. What was with that like my Minotaur thing in the background? And I was just I don't I don't know the comics. Have you guys read I, them? A little read bit. the Sabrina the Teenage Witch comics? Yeah. No, it's based off of a graphic novel, isn't it's it? It's based off of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is a fu- fucking Arch- Archie comic. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Oh, a- is it an Archie yeah. comic? You didn't what? You it, didn't know like Yeah. What was no, the show? I watched it in the nineties and I yeah. thought that it was just Yeah, I who, thought it was what just was that a show? show. Who was in that? Uh, what was the girl's most, name? Most of John Hart. Yeah. That's it. Her, yeah, yeah, that was a cutesy version of it, like that they made in the night. Yeah, and now or, they're making like thoughts. Now they're Riverdaling it. Yeah, yeah, it's by the same people who are doing Riverdale, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I was reading this article on Geek.com, which is where I get all my stuff. Cheap and, plug. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, cheap plug. But I was the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a comic mm-hmm. series. Yeah, it's an Archie comic. I didn't realize that Sabrina the Teenage Witch had come from that. That's news to me. Oh. I thought it was its own standalone thing. So when everyone was like, yeah, it's like Riverdale, I was like, well, I, I guess I could I guess I could see some of the resemblance. Is she a character on Riverdale? Uh, no. Not that I'm aware of. But I haven't watched a fucking minute of Riverdale. I've watched a couple minutes of it, but like, I, it, I've never seen Sabrina on there. I know Josie and the Pussycats are in there, but I don't think Sabrina's been in there. They haven't really done like ghost shit, I don't think, on Riverdale yet. I could ask my sister, but I don't think they've she's They've done here a, a bunch of like supernatural shit on Well, like, I don't know if it's like supernatural or if it's like Blair Witchy kind of thing or hmm. there's a bunch of probably dark, like I don't know murder and shit like that on 
Riverdale. That's there was there was a serial killer for a little while. I remember that much, but like that's not like I watched the show. I mean, I just like look at him like I oh, look at all these very very pretty people. Yeah, yeah they are show. all very very pretty. All very attractive. Yeah, all very attractive. It's interesting, but uh, not a good show particularly. I so. haven't watched it at, like for more than like ten minutes. Mark and I tried to get through it, and I just wasn't. I wasn't into it. Yeah, it's not my thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, me neither. Not an Archie fan, so like really. The most I have to do with Archie is like basically that chasing Amy scene oh, yeah. where he starts. Where is it? Who is uh, it? Jughead no. is uh, fuck. Well, yeah, his bitch or whatever. Yeah, it was Archie's bitch. Yeah, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Or Reg- no, no, no. So Reg- Archie is Reg- Archie's. No, I thought, it was, I thought it was Archie. Jughead's Archie bitch. was Jughead's yeah, bitch because he's got the Jughead's queen wearing yes, the yeah, crown. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's the queen of, of King Jughead's or King Archie's yeah, world or yeah, some bullshit. Yeah, I can't remember the line. It's a good line, though. I wish I could remember. Yeah, it's a Hooper, Hooper X line. Hooper X, that's it. Well, Thank you. That, that was yeah. okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, uh, it, I just couldn't get into it. I just didn't think the main guy looked anything like Archie. Archie's kind of like this geeky, like, speckled dude, and he just was too, like, hot, and it was so drama, like, watching any of it. I was just like, all right, I've watched Gossip Girl. I think yeah. I've seen Riverdale. I haven't watched Gossip Girl. You know what I mean? Either, so no, <laughs> I it's not the same, but no, it's just like I had yeah. enough teen drama. Yeah, it's definitely what it is. I don't think I don't think we are. It's yeah. target demo. target demographic. Yeah, yeah by any stretch. It's hard to because like I, I I feel like once you start watching something like that, even if you aren't enjoying it, you finish it. Like that was thirteen reasons why for me. I was like, this is bullshit. I hate this show, but I had to finish it. Was oh, that that suicide show that was on Netflix? Yeah, I didn't watch that either. Yeah, because I I don't I like watching so TV bad. that's just going to depress me. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. Anyway, let us uh, continue on with news. So I actually found kind of a fun thing for uh, Tim. Yeah. Just I was looking at it and I thought it was it was up your alley. Um, there is a, now a wearable ultrasound patch that could save your life, and you wear it on your little finger knuckle. And it tracks your blood pressure and um, in your arteries and everything and makes sure that you're, uh, you know, circulating at a proper rate. And if you have any issues with white blood cells or red blood cells, um, and it senses signals, which is really cool. So if you're wearing one um, and you have high blood pressure, it sends like a notice or reminds people, tells people that you're unhealthy and you can, it can be caught very quickly. You can put it on any major artery. So um, on your neck, on a number of other places. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, that's the way that I think healthcare is kind of going is like constantly being able to monitor your various bio signals and that sort of sort of thing. Like there's also talk about like these pills that you can swallow that will just like hang around in your body and like keep track of like your gut pH and various other things in your body which is interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. I mean it's one of those things that unfortunately is not going to probably make it to the populations that really need it at least not in a, you know somewhere like the US but we'll see. Yeah. But still like cool stuff. Cool stuff. I'm all about like new tech advances and stuff like that for health. I think it's so it's so cool. Yeah, and like something like this is not like biohacking kind of thing where people are like no. injecting themselves with random shit. It's just like monitoring your healthcare, and I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. It gives you data, and data is good. But um, really, there wasn't a a ton else that I uh, I really saw. I mean, there's a new comic coming out called A Devil Within. That's a uh, Edgar Allan Poe-esque uh, horror story. 
that's in graphic novel form, which is kind of cool. I did not see I'm that. I'm not sure if you guys... Have you guys heard... Um, uh, it's from writer Stephanie Phillips. She done anything you guys know? <sighs> I don't uh, remember. I don't recognize the name, no. Or Mon House. So that's Penciler? Yeah, that's the, the artist. Okay. Uh, no, so maybe not... Maybe. It, was, it, was a, it was a slow news week. It was a slow mm-hmm. news And the one big thing... The one big news item didn't end up being a news item, so... Oh, yeah, yeah I'll let Tim talk about that. <laughs> uh, I don't even feel like it needs much dressing. It was the whole, Henry Cavill's not going to be Superman anymore, and then Warner Brothers and Henry Cavill and Henry Cavill's agent said, uh, this is the first we're hearing of any of this, so you guys are getting your information from shoddy sources. The one thing that did sort of come out of that, though, that, again, this is all, like, rumored, is, but it's a short, slow news week, so why the fuck not talk about it was that the Supergirl movie that's in like pre-prod pre-production yeah. might, might be a 1970s period piece. Why? Which just made me fucking like WTF WTF kind of thing. Like, I'm not sure why they would be doing that, but again, it's just a rumor. So mm. I don't fucking know. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm still, um, when I saw that, I was like, redemption, he's been cut, and this is probably because of Witcher, and then I saw it wasn't true, and I was like, well, <laughs> I have nothing against Henry Cavill. 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 <laughs> yeah, I don't care enough to get his name right. Can't can, can even fucking uh, get his name in your mouth. Cavill. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, slow news week, but um, that's fine. Sometimes I like it when it's a slow news week. It means nothing terrible has happened. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the been some terrible things. Out, and it sounds like it was pretty terrible. Yeah, that Predator movie got bombed. And that's too bad because it had like a really good cast. It did. It just looks like it maybe had a really rough script or I don't know if maybe Shane Black just fucking fumbled it or what. But yeah, usually he doesn't he doesn't fuck things up too often. Like he's usually pretty solid. But it's I gone pretty under bad. the radar as being bad, though. Like it hasn't been excessively panned yeah. everywhere, but. The majority of the press about it was the fact that they hired a uh, sexual predator, and that then Olivia Munn would like was like practically refusing to do any press for it because of that. Yeah. When she found out, and I think that kind of might have poisoned it quite a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah, she's got quite the history in that uh, in the like in that whole Me Too thing too. So like she's been around a fair bit. Yeah. Of this kind of shit. So good for her yeah. for not doing that. Yeah. But there was another movie that came out this week that was like super under the radar, but is getting like really good critical response. It's uh, this Nicolas Cage movie, Mandy, which is like a revenge horror movie with like basically that sounds like it was just written for like crazy Nicolas Cage. Mm. Oh, crazy Nicolas Cage. <laughs> but, uh, Not a fan of crazy like, no. Nicolas Cage? Uh, it, uh, it looks pretty fun. It's I don't know. If Probably not one that I'll actually go see in theaters, but uh, I do love me some crazy fucking Nick Cage. Like I really liked him in uh, uh, the Kick-Ass, well, the first Kick-Ass movie, anyways. Like, yeah, he yeah. was good in the first Kick-Ass. Like it, child, yeah. honey, child. This oh, looks like kind he was, of forgot he was kind of that. more of the same. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of horror movies, the one thing that I got pretty pumped for again, this is like a rumored thing, but. Jordan Peele might be rebooting the Candyman movies. I did see that. That looks pretty funny. Which, oh if he God. did that, like that would be fucking perfect. So, have you ever seen Candyman, Christy? 
no, I've seen enough of it, like talked about in horror conversations online. Like I'll watch a lot of YouTube stuff on uh, what their favorite like uh, dark movies are and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And Candyman, I pretty much know the whole plot for it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I think Candyman holds up. It's a pretty good movie, actually. Like I haven't seen it since yeah. like, the 90s or whatever, but like I remember it being pretty good. Just the visuals of it. There's bees in that on all, all over inside yes. of him, right? And one scene, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if we need to uh, pick each other's or pick the horror movies we want each other to watch if we're going to do that uh, that idea that Mark had. You already know the ones I want you yeah. guys to watch. So, watch <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hereditary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will poop my pants. <laughs> but yes. So, uh, why don't we hang up the news hat and uh, we can get right to our Geek of the Week. A geek of the week. Geek of the week. Geek. All right. So um, we are going to talk about our geek of the week. In this segment, we talk about the geekiest thing we did this week. If you don't know what this is yet, and this is your first time listening. And usually uh, it just shows um, how big of a geek cred we actually have. And I know what Mark's is because he'd be proud about it. And <laughs> he hasn't done this on a game in forever. So why don't you, why don't you highlight us, Mark? Start us off. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like I've never done this on a game. Well, even I didn't even do it intentionally this time, but I did Platinum Spider-Man this week, which is very rare for me. I usually don't like 100%. Platinum. <laughs> yeah, so it's a trophy on the PlayStation Network that you get for completely clearing out a game according to the, the list they make. I was not expecting it, but I... What the fuck was I doing? I was like paying respect at Uncle Ben's grave, and it was like, oh, you got your last trophy. Oh, there's your Platinum. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I got a Platinum? The only other platinum I have is from the Telltale Batman game, which they basically just give you for beating the game. Like they just give you the platinum, yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is pretty common with Telltale games. Because I went and looked at Christie's list, and she has two, and they're both from Telltale games. Well, they never, yeah, they never have like the Telltale games never have like much sort of extraneous stuff. Like it's basically the main mm-hmm. storyline you follow, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, so there's no like weird collectible runs and stuff like that that they can make you do to like. Yeah. earn a platinum a different way so that's just what it is so I, I had that one platinum but like for some reason spider-man's platinum is kind of notoriously now fairly easy to get i didn't even realize i was that close to it until i it dinged in and i was like oh shit i platinum spider-man was not expecting that and i still had some stuff that i hadn't completely upgraded yet so i was still working on that today like i now i'm done like it's completely wiped out a week with spider-man i'm <laughs> sad because i want more so that's kind of the, the geekiest thing about this week is that like I really wish that like the DLC that's supposed to come out in October was coming out now because I could use. Yeah, it. I was gonna say like th- there is DLC planned on it. There's I think there's two things that they're planning before the end of the year. So there's nice. one in October around my birthday, like actually like I think the week before Red Dead comes out, uh, and then I think there's something closer to Christmas. So I will get yeah. to go back into that Manhattan and fiddle around with this other stuff. But they also fully come like upgraded Spider Man now because. I got everything. Everything is cleared out. Thank God it's over. Because um, <laughs> some of the challenges were a slog and a half, but I got through them and it's over. So yeah, go get Spider-Man though. It was fucking fun. So if you haven't played it, mm-hmm. um, I saw uh, Christie's Mark has been making some progress with it, but he's obviously splitting his time with Dragon Quest. So not flipping through it as quickly as I did, but still playing it like on a pretty regular basis. Like I saw him playing it, it was yesterday or the day before. Yeah, well, I'm also playing it now. Oh, are you playing it too? Oh, nice. Are you enjoying it? Well, that'll be my Geek of the Week, so why don't we go to Tim first? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, mine is also video games this week, so I was traveling for work to a city that I've, I haven't have really spent any time in so far. I was in Richmond, Virginia for like three days. Like a fucking idiot, I flew right into the middle of the path of Hurricane Florence. <laughs> 
uh, but it ended up one it ended up swinging south and not hitting virginia at all really but um there were people like evacuating to where i was uh and two it didn't end up being as strong as it was supposed Thank to be goodness. but one night i did uh go find like a, a barcade in the area that was actually like it was pretty cool like on top of having a pretty good selection of like i mean they had maybe about eight or ten pinball games they had like a lot a good it was a big arcade like they had a whole section that was just like vintage games a whole section that was just like sort of 90s like semi-vintage games or whatever you know like your ninja turtles and like x-men and shit like that and yep uh and then they had a couple like uh japanese games like that are some of those like music like keep Mm -hmm. to the beat kind of games not like ddr or anything like the conga game and stuff like that we saw in atlanta or whatever yeah yeah yes that sort of thing and uh but the one thing that was really novel to me was the way that you got your drink so they had a whole wall that was um basically serve your own serve yourself like beer so they give gave you a card and uh you would just go up and like tap the card against like whatever tap it was that you wanted and then fill from that tap and it would like say above it like you know what the what was in that tap and then it would like monitor how much beer was dispensed or like wine or cider. They were all like on these taps. And then so you could pour yourself half a glass of something. You cool. pour yourself just like a taste of something, a full glass or whatever, which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah. So it was called Circuit in uh, Richmond, Virginia is one of the better arcade bars that I've been to. That's rad. Cool. 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 Um, my geek of the week would be that I picked up Spider-Man <laughs> and it's super fun. And just becoming a Spider-Man podcast. Yeah, Spider-Man. Too many Spider-Man. <laughs> but it was like super fun and I'm I'm totally into it and just like really, really digging the vibe of the game. Cause it's like Mark told me this Mark, podcast Mark, Prime Mark, Mark Prime, told me that it would be a nice change from the regular video sl- video game slogs that I do, because I tend to pick up long games. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> and uh, my next venture is Kingdom Hearts. I'm going to finally do that LP. But um, mm. I'm just waiting on a little picture. Waiting on a picture from Mark. Some of us um, are working. I know. Some of us are busy. Some of us I also know. had Spider-Man. So there was that. <laughs> yeah, I platinum Spider-Man, but I've been busy all week working. <laughs> I tease. I appreciate you. Spider-Man was work this week. So yeah. There yeah, you yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I just tease. But no, so it's just been nice to pick up a game that, like, you can go along the story mode, but it's really chill. The last game I platinumed, actually, was Horizon Zero Dawn, which I was very proud of. Oh, did you get the platinum on that? I heard it's hard. Hell yeah, I did. That was intense work. Horizon Zero Dawn was great, though. I'm debating going back to that now that I have, like, I've still got that to finish and God of War. So I'm like, I'm in video Oh, and Witcher. Yeah, but I haven't even started Witcher, whereas the other two games I have started. So I'm like, maybe I go back to one of those two while I'm in like video game mode and clear them out kind of thing. Yeah. Sorry, I'm laughing at Tim, who's yelling at Winston to be quiet. <sighs> yeah. I'm sure you guys could hear him barking in the background. Nope. No. But hilarious. I miss those pups. I miss Gordon. <laughs> I miss Gordon, Gordon. too, actually. <laughs> hey, Gordon. I'm sure they miss you, too. My little bedmate all weekend. Yeah. Stinky little furnace. Yeah. Yay. So yeah, that was my Geek of the Week was just like getting into Spider-Man. I do enjoy the fact that you can do a lot of the side quests before you need to dick, uh, dig. Dick. You can oh, dick. Dick, dick, dick into a story. Dick MJ or something? You can dick into a story. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I guess that would be a good metaphor, though. If you want to get really deep into something, you just want to dick it. Oh, God. <laughs> 
I feel but, like uh, I feel like in our sensitive Me Too era, that might come off wrong. I don't know. Yeah, if that's you're right. Wasn't that, isn't that just another chasing Amy reference? Yeah, basically. Like all lesbians really need is some deep dicking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that vitamin D. <laughs> I love that whole rant. That rant's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the other geeky thing I did was yesterday, and it's more of a theater geek thing, but my dad, Mark, and I went to Stratford, and Mark just bummed around because they were totally sold out of both the shows. And uh, dad and I saw Ideal Husband, which was really, really good, and his friend directed, which is so cool. So I'm going to try and like wheedle my way into that relationship. And also, we went and saw this show called Paradise Lost, and it was really cool. It was all about the story of Satan rising from the the depths of hell to at just after the angel war trying to uh dissuade eve to eat the apple and the story of that and there was like a section like satan first of all it was one of the best performances i've ever seen like just oh so good like i cannot describe it the first part of the show is kind of like meh but then the second part like blows your friggin' mind. And for like 10 minutes, there's the Adam and Eve are nude on stage completely. Whoa. And it was just like, whoa. <laughs> but it's so well acted, you kind of forget that they're nude. But it was still like, and then Satan had this this diatribe monologue where she just tells God who says that he knows everything. He already knew what she was going to do. It was all part of his plan. And she just rips. She goes, fine, if this is all in your name, then I will do. And she starts naming off all the things she's going to do. And she names off all the horrible things that we've done throughout history and says, and the world will know them in your name. And she ends off talking about how she's going to like, um, in very strong words, how she'll put children on the internet and pedophilia and all this stuff. And then she just like screams at him and she's just like shaking and going, ah! like, I can't describe it without it sounding insane. But I was so intensely like into it. I peeled all the nail polish off my fingers because it was just like, I was just like, ah! like just so invested in the performance. It was unlike anything I'd seen recently. And I was just like, holy shit, that's an actor. And then on the way out, dad and I went to go meet Mark and she was standing outside and I couldn't contain myself. I just screamed at her. I was like, <laughs> that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. <laughs> like, then just ran to the car and my dad was much more suave. He was like, I just want to say that was outstanding and you are a true master of your craft. Like, well done. Whereas kids just like, <laughs> just like ran to the car. I geeked, I geeked so hard. And I heard her friends that she was with go, wow, you have some intense fans. <laughs> I was just like, wow! I was like R2-D2 when he gets hit by a bullet. Wow. Just like, or, wow! Sorry about that, Mark. That's going to yeah, be fun to edit. Speaking the shit out of those levels. Speaking the shit out of the levels. But yeah, so that was my geekiest thing, uh, theater-wise. But yeah, I huh? guess that takes us to the meat of the episode. Hippogriff meat. Magical mystery meat. So the rest oh. of the podcast is just going to be Christy reciting the theme to Harry Potter. So we're just going to go. I have one secret photo to get left in Spider-Man. Maybe I'll do that while she's singing. <laughs> anyway, I have been waiting for so long to talk about Harry Potter with these guys. 
And I didn't want to push it too hard because I pushed at the beginning of our, you know, um, our culmination of dance robot dancing. And, you know, I, I just I knew that it wasn't like it wasn't time yet. I had to let them get into their nerd stuff first. But now we're finally talking about my nerd stuff. We haven't breached name of the wind yet, but we're getting there. Harry Potter deep this week, guys. Now it's the movies. Granted, it's kind of like blah, but we're still talking about Harry Potter. So (laughs) what we're going to do this week is we're just going to talk about movies one to four. And then in a couple of weeks time, after we've all had time to go back and watch more of the movies, we'll talk about five to, um, I guess, like seven and a half, eight. Um, There's eight movies, right? Yeah, there's eight movies. Seven books. So we're not going to talk about, we won't talk about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them yet. We'll talk about that when it comes out. And, you know, the books, we'll talk about the books at some point in time too. But for now, it seemed like a really accessible. I think we might as well just talk about the books here because I'm never reading these books. So, (laughs) and I don't think Mark's going to reread the books for the podcast. So I think if you're going to talk about the books, now's the time. No, we're not talking about the books this episode. I am host. I am saying no. We'll we'll, uh, we'll get we'll get uh, we'll get your sister or my brother on or something like that, and they can do a book episode. Yeah, we'll do a bonus episode with just me and them. Yeah. All right. Fair and enough. Gush. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and one day you'll have to read Name of the Wind because I gave you Harry Potter not to talk about. <laughs> Seven <laughs> books, two two books, three if it's out by then. But anyway, so we are going to talk about the movies because they are the most accessible thing in the franchise to just kind of dissect right now. So, like I said, it's going to be kind of a loosey-goosey conversation for the boys. I'm going to ask them a couple questions, as per usual, and we'll just riff off our answers. The one thing I do, I will let you prep for just now till the end of the episode is if you had to rank one to four, how would you rank them? It's probably pretty easy for both of you, but we'll get to that at the end. So, first of all, what was your first impression of Harry Potter, like the the world in general? Well, this we can bring into the books, but like, what was your first Harry Potter experience uh for me my sister is super into the harry potter world i don't know i can't remember when she got into it but like um i probably got into like i I never i haven't read the books i already said but i just got sort of a contact high from her sort of thing like i ended up knowing some amount of the harry potter stuff because of that and eventually i sat down i think it was like it probably was even like after I, I didn't go see any of the movies in theaters. I'd seen like maybe like a couple of the movies here and there just because like I'd be over somewhere and like somebody would have them on and be like, OK, whatever, I'll watch this. And then when I was in grad school, I feel like um, around the time that the Deathly Hallows movies were coming out, I was like, all right, I should probably just fucking sit down and watch all these. So I think I watched them all like over the course of the weekend. I was like, yeah, those are there. Like I I I, <laughs> I don't dislike them. It's just not something that I ever got like super invested into. I will say the world itself, I have a lot of appreciation for, like the depth of the world and uh, the like, just style and design of it overall. And so I love the fucking theme park lands. Like I love the. I've been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios and. Orlando multiple times and I really love that because it's just that theming and the production design like to the nth degree kind of thing but the stories just never like super captivated me the way other stuff has that's fair that's just me personal preference that's fair I mean I feel like Harry Potter if you if you didn't get into it right when it came out and you were young enough to like 
kind of believe in it a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's part of it is just that I was a little old when I first came to it kind yeah. of thing. And it like, takes especially the first couple movies are like very kitty. Yeah, especially if like your first like real fantasy stuff was stuff like Lord of the Rings. You're yeah. not going to have the same kind of like appreciation. It was a lot of people's first real interaction with fantasy, like high fantasy. So I think that's like understandable. There was uh, like, it takes, uh, there are certain people who after it's like, there are certain people born after a certain time that don't like Ewoks in Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I grew up with Ewoks. I'm good with Ewoks. I love Return of the Jedi. And there are, but like if you were if you were like 15 when Return of the Jedi came out or something like that or older I feel like you they there's probably a lot of people there that were like what the fuck is this George Lucas yeah. And I feel like that is similar to Harry Potter like some people who are older will still really love the Ewoks because you know it plays to their already burgeoning interests Yeah but if you weren't exposed like with Harry Potter if you weren't exposed to it and you're like not really a wizard/magic person then this isn't going to necessarily pique your interest in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. I do not condemn you for that. This is the first time I've gone on record saying I don't condemn people for this, for not loving (laughs) Harry Potter. But anyway, um, Mark, what about you? The books were in the house. So I actually had read a good chunk of them up to, I don't know how many there were out before the first movie came out. I was working at the movie theater when the first movie came out because I remember painting the goddamn castle on the glass of the front of the building (laughs) Um, over the course of like a weekend or something like that. Yeah. And then I was there for when it opened and stuff like that. So like the total insanity that that first weekend, uh, that first Harry Potter movie. Oh my God. I can't even imagine what. Yeah. I was ushering, uh, like, I think I might've been even management at that point. I can't remember anymore. 2000, 2000, 2001. 2001 is when Philosopher's Stone came out. Yeah. So like I was working at the theater and stuff like that. Like we were just out of high school, basically like two years kind of thing out um, at that point. So yeah, that's the other thing. Like this stuff hit like when Mark and I were starting college kind of thing rather than when we were in high school. Yeah. And so like we were already like too cool for school kind of thing. It's not the same level of immersion. Yeah. No, and like, but I got into it a little bit. Like everybody, in, like all of, I think even my sister, who does not, is like probably the least reader of the five of us, uh, had read has read the books. We've all read them all. Um, everybody was reading them up to the movies starting up. So I guess was the fourth one out when the first movie came out because I feel like yes, yeah. So I had yeah. read the Goblet of Fire came out just before the first movie. I think yeah, I think I had read up to the fourth book before the first movie came out. And much I I prefer the books to the movies because there's more there and like i prefer i find that the tone doesn't shift quite so much between like from book to book whereas like from the first two movies to the third movie it's like kind of tone whiplash yeah because it gets much darker very quickly whereas the first two movies are very much like chris columbus doing spielberg doing harry potter kind of thing Mm -hmm. and they're fine for what they are they're just not there's not a lot of weight to them compared to what happens in the next ones but yeah i was there at the beginning not super invested i'm interested in it i like I was going to ask, like, is this considered high fantasy or is this urban fantasy? Like, is there a, a difference there? Uh, it's um, not considered high fantasy. Oh, it's not? Yeah. No, it would be no, like not. Fantasy, right? Yeah, it's well, it's I mean, high fantasy has like entire like realms and shit realms and like full histories written behind it and like full languages crafted and stuff like oh. that. And you know, I don't think Harry Potter would not not that, you know, not to knock it. I just don't think it technically falls under the definition no. of high fantasy. I think it falls under the like the urban fantasy category, which is also kind of where like Buffy and 
modern fantasy, urban yeah, fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Even the superhero stuff kind of sometimes gets talked about in like urban fantasy kind of stuff. So like yeah. that, it all gets kind of lumped together. You learn something eventually. But like, so that's, yeah, it's all academic bullshit, but it doesn't really matter one way or the other. It's just labels. Same way like me labeling music, you know what I mean? Just so that I can kind of process what it is. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I was into it from the start, but just like casually, I guess. Yeah. So like I've read all the books now at least once. I think I've read them all through up to the sixth book twice, and then I've only read the last book once. The movies I've seen all once. I saw them all in theaters, I'm pretty sure. And then like I own them all because I was watching my Blu-rays this weekend. So like I like Harry Potter. I'm just not like insane about Harry Potter, I guess. Yeah, you're not a me. Definitely not a you. No. <laughs> you're a regular you know what? You're a regular Harry Potter fan. Yeah, I'm a regular older dude Harry Potter fan who's just like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. And then like I don't really care about that that much. Like it's not a it's not a world that I'm like it's not like Marvel where I'm like, oh, I know everything. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of weird little things that I know about that. Yeah. I know the I know the the broad strokes and I know the surface level of Harry Potter pretty well. And probably can yeah. foray into some book talk, like if I had to kind of thing although again it's been a couple years i think the last time i read them was right before deathly hollows came out so whenever that was 10 years ago or something like that now that was the last time i read the books and like i have a lot of friends that are super into the books and movies and stuff like that too so i've picked up a lot of like the the references and stuff from that so like i understand a lot of the fandom it's just i've never read the books personally yeah well my first experience and my experience around Harry Potter very much is shaped by love. I know that sounds like silly, but like when I was first introduced to them, it was how I would go to bed. It was an hour before bed every night. Mom would read us Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. And so like she would read different books to each of us because she would be, you know, different sections because she'd be farther ahead with Amberly or she'd be. Um, Nick wasn't as interested, but like we'd all get time with mom or dad to read Harry Potter. And most of the time it was mom. And so even when mom was sick, even when she was dying, she was reading Harry Potter. And one of her last, like, I remember one of the saddest things she ever said was like, but it was so like funny too. She was just like, you know, one of the things that sucks about dying, I don't know what happens at the end of Harry Potter. <laughs> and I was like, like you're right um so and it's the kind of thing now with the internet i would have reached out to jk rowling and been like hey my mom's dying can you (laughs) tell us what happens we'll be quiet well i mean she will but um all right this is getting it's okay i can went to a dark place but for for fucking kitty movies books yeah but (laughs) the thing was though it was such a powerful like story because we were reading it as a family and like it was so closely tied to her being sick the fact she would still do it so when they fin when she died it was almost like honoring her memory reading the books and there was a commitment there that we were going to find out and it was like a tie to her reading the books because it was a memory and it was a it was a warm memory and it was fresh so to me, part of the reason I'm so in love with Harry Potter is it's an homage to my mom. But also, I just really love them. Like, I love the books. <laughs> I loved the story. And that's partially why I'm kind of like, meh, about the movies. Like, it took me a long time to realize I was kind of meh about the movies. But I'm with Mark. I prefer the books so much because it allowed for your own world building and vision. And something like Harry Potter, 
because there's so many different interpretations and because every other movie was directed by a different person, the world kept changing. Yeah. And I found that very frustrating. Yeah. I like the, the world I pictured in my head because it was much darker probably than like what they showed me in the first couple <laughs> yeah. movies, which kind of informed everything about like Harry Potter to me after the fact, like everything kind of looked like what the movies looked like in my head afterwards, like what I think I had yeah. in my head going into it beforehand and probably had drawn a couple of them was like way more. I mean, it was much more Gothic and like dark, but it was way more interesting to me. So, yeah. Well, yeah. So like, I, that's pretty much what frustrated me is that the books also include a lot more relationship building mm-hmm. and you actually, in the books, Harry's kind of a dick. To be honest, Harry is a is a total like he's a teenage asshole. Like he's going through kind of a dick in the movies too. Yeah, all the characters kind of suck in the books at certain points, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do. Points where like you kind of fucking hate all the main three, and like there's actually points in the book where I remember being like, I fucking hate all of the main three right now. I know. Usually pretty good about not making you hate them all at once, but there's a (laughs) couple in like five or six or something like that where I'm like, I don't want to want to fucking follow any of these fucking idiots anymore. Like dumb teenagers. (laughs) And I get why she's doing it because they're dumb teenagers and she's trying to show that they're dumb teenagers. Yeah. But like when you're in your like mid twenties or like early thirties reading these books and like dumb teenager shit happens, I'm just like, I just want to cuff that fucker upside the head. Like, <laughs> some foresight, you dumbass. Yeah. yeah. Stop being a fucking idiot and like treating your friends like dog shit because whatever Buffy problem you're having where you're afraid they're going to get hurt or some weird shit. You know? Yes. I'm like, yeah. I've, I've read Spider-Man. I've know this argument. Yeah. Anyway. But the thing is though, the, I just found that I think Daniel Radcliffe has mu- you know grown as an actor for sure, but he just wasn't the he wasn't strong in the Harry Potter movies. Well, I mean the first three, he's like ten in the first one. So oh, like, I thought he was great them. in the first one. Well, really, no. yeah. Tim and I just watched the like that was the one thing Tim and I've been commenting on is for watching them. It's like, dear God, these fucking children actors. Like, dear fucking God. All, I mean, it's better than three of them. but. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Those first two movies in particular, there's some fucking god awful acting by the kids. Like the, yeah. the adults save it, you know, because to be fair, like that's one thing I'll give the movies. The casting was generally phenomenal. You could see frustration in his face in Philosopher's Stone, though, like oh, in yeah. a couple spots where he's just like, fuck. Like it really informed his character how annoyed he was sometimes on set, and you could see it. And like it's kind of funny now to like look back on it and be like, Man, he hates working with kids. Apparently, <laughs> the look on his face is like, is he acting or is he just really annoyed with like how many readings he's had to do? He, he's scene? using it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a phenomenal Snape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, no, you know what, though? That's the thing is that like when they were that age, they could get away with being shitty. Oh, yeah. Like you can't argue with a bunch of kids being garbage actors when it's the first time they've ever been in front of a camera or like in costume or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. all newly discovered pretty much. Yeah. But like they were all good. They all grew into the roles fine by the end. Like I was totally happy yeah. with all of them by the end. But like still didn't like Daniel Radcliffe's performances very much. But <laughs> that's me. I don't think the Harry Potter character is supposed to be that interesting, though. He's just like he's the he's the Neo. He's yeah, the blank template that you put yourself on kind of thing. So fair. That's a good way of like, putting it. He's the chosen one. Yeah, because the side characters are more interesting always. Right. Because your hero is like always basically a audience insert character yeah so that you get to feel that problem. yeah and we get to then we'll have to have like discussion of at the end of all, of the movies we'll have to yeah. have the discussion about who the actual hero is yeah no we'll get yeah that's a good that's a good point Wait. um but i i will say that 
I have always been a fan of the world. And the movies are not the worst movie adaptations out there. They're definitely not. They've still got like some validity to them. And there's still some good stuff in there. Yeah, none of them were Spider-Man 3, you know what I mean? So like no. they're not terrible. <laughs> none movies, of them like... actually my least favorite is my favorite is one of my favorite books cuz like I always adored Gobbled of Fire. The older I've gotten, I've actually prefer I think it's Order of the Phoenix or Deathly Hallows or No. Yeah, like yeah. That's the How Deathly Hallows is the last one. Gobbled of Fire is yeah. or Order of the Fourth. Phoenix is the one after. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like after Gobbled Oh no, like, I'm like, sorry. My my favorite is Half-Blood Prince. That's my favorite having become an adult and reading them again. Because mm. so much happens in Half-Blood Prince that is just like, I remember reading it and just being like, what the fuck? But like, there's... Is that yeah. six? Yes. Yeah. Half-Blood Prince is, in my opinion, her, that's when J.K. Rowling became an adult author. Like, not an adult, but she moved beyond being a child author. In uh, Order of the Phoenix, she was like getting there and like it was becoming darker. But okay. Half-Blood Prince like showed that she could do some like heavy lifting as an author. She's always an author. I've been uh, curious to see if she, what she did when she got away from Harry Potter, which she's never done. Yeah, she's she has. Kind of, yeah, she has did. She did yeah. she do something with that? Oh, okay. She I did another book. That. What was that? Yeah, it was a few years ago now. What was it? Yeah. I was um, unaware. I should look into it because like, I like the way she builds worlds and stuff like that. And I'd be curious yeah. to see how she does it in another. The casual vacancy. Yes. And it didn't get great reviews. But that was because people were expecting Harry Potter. Uh, it was the book that she did in yeah. 2011. Yeah. I mean, that's all she's written. So I guess that's what people would expect. But like, yeah, I would like to see. I would probably should probably read that just because I'm curious to see how she would do without the trappings of the mm-hmm. world she's built. Kind of. She's just like a cool lady, though. For all the work that she did mm-hmm. and like all of the like during being a single mother who was depressed and like struggling with uh, suicidal ideation. She's she did some cool shit with that. And created a, a pretty intense world for herself. And I have I have a lot of respect for her and how tight a creative grip she's held on the other stuff that's been like on the movies, on the theme park lands, and that sort of thing. And so, like, there's you know, it would have been really easy for her to just to let it yeah, all be diluted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, just sell the rights to everything, kind of thing. But she's stayed really involved in it and really involved in the fandom and uh, has just and she's also pretty politically active as well, or at least like socially active, I'll say, like in terms of uh, in terms of various um, causes and that kind of thing. And she's always really vocal in that respect. She's great on Twitter. Yeah. Great on Twitter. Amazingly entertaining on Twitter. So the only thing that she's done that has bummed me out is that she. uh she endorsed Johnny Depp after he came out as a, an abusive husband. Oh, right. yeah. She endorsed keeping him on as Grindelwald. Yeah. And I was kind of like, JK, why? Why? Why would, you, why would you do that? But I, I, I don't think she's not a feminist. She's very much about empowering people. And like, you can see that in the characters she wrote. The female characters in her book are always the most intelligent and the ones that are like Molly Weasley coming out of the woodwork in the final book, uh, final one battle with Bellatrix and Hermione consistently being the one that keeps the logical and level head. Like she's respects them like crazy. So when she did that and then when they didn't um, address Dumbledore being gay in Fantastic Beasts, I was kind of like JK Rowling, what are you doing? But at the same time, you cannot expect someone to be 
like perfect all the time. And I think that was kind of that moment of just being like, she's done a lot. If she's going to like stand by these decisions, is there, do you trust that she's done that? Or do you kind of put on your own expectation? So I don't know, but she's definitely a very cool lady. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Went on a bit of a bit of a rant there. But anyway, it's so, okay. So we have a general idea of where all of us sit with the Harry Potter um, world. And it's kind of good because we've got like a, a spectrum of a love range. for it, yes. which is good. We've got Tim, the kind of, you know, yeah. it was on the fringes of your of your reality, but you know about it and you can appreciate it. Like, which you're pretty much like the the everyday guy who sees something Harry Potter and rolls his eyes a little bit, but won't like. Piss, you know, piss all over it. That's pretty accurate. And then you've got Mark, who's like, yeah, you've got Mark, who's like the the everyday Harry Potter fan, who's just kind of like, yeah, I enjoy it. I can still enjoy it. There's parts about it that I like. And then you've got me, who's the fan obsessive, who's currently looking at her Marauders map and her wand and the poster that she's going to be putting on her wall that is Harry Potter themed. Is planning. Hey, you're Harry not Potter the only Potter. person that has a so, licensed wand. I have an interactive no. wand. No, I'm not. Yeah, you shouldn't have that. You don't deserve it. Um, I, I'm the I'm only just one. That, I'm just kidding. That, sorry. That has, that sorry, has cast out. spells at Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade. No, I did oh, that. Have you been? Have you been since they put in all the interactive stuff? Not yet, but I did get picked to oh, yeah. be Ollivander's. Yeah. You did, yeah. Have have your wand choose you? Yeah. What were you saying, Mark? Sorry. I was just saying you're you're yeah. doing your gatekeeping thing again. It makes me it always makes me laugh. <laughs> My what? When you get all like gatekeepy about like Harry Potter, you stuff. shouldn't have your wand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do that sometimes. I caught myself though. Did you hear it? I caught it. No, you, you, you <laughs> caught yourself, and then you were like, "That ah, fuck it, I'm going to finish my thought anyway." So, well, frustrates me. It's okay. <laughs> it just makes us laugh. I know. I try not to be that person, but it's very easy to jump into her. <laughs> Phrasing, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's uh, let's get to the movies. So what did you guys uh, overall? You said you had some struggles with the movies and that makes sense to me that you would. I struggle going back to I struggle with four particularly. And I'm, I'm not a like I'm not a huge fan of two, but I like one and three. So one and three is the sorcerer slash philosopher's stone. And uh, three is prisoner of Azkaban. Two is Chamber of Secrets, and four is Goblet of Fire. Don't know. Uh, I I have issues with the first two in particular. Just that's where the acting is pretty weak for me, or like I'll say uneven at the very least for the younger cast members. And then, but I mean, I I, th- I think out of the first four, three is probably my favorite. I I know you said you wanted to rank it then, so I'll hold off like my whole ranking. But I, that being said, I'm only about like half an hour through my rewatch of four so i'm only going off like memories of the one or two times that i've watched it in the pretty distant past at this point but i don't remember having much of an issue with four like four well four feels a little like just convenient and that it's like oh there's this competition and that's the whole fucking movie basically and we're gonna try and shove some drama and character development into it but really this whole movie is like it's it's like a like ready player one sort of thing like the majority of this movie is just yeah the actual triwizard cup which and t- stuff yeah does it take up that much of the book i feel like it does take up like a good chunk of the book so like it is a pretty yes big plot point in the novel too so 
Well, it's called The Goblet of Fire. Yeah, but it's also a thousand page novel. You know what I mean? Like she could have fit some other shit in there. Like, there, I mean, the, and that's why I like the book because she does. There is other stuff that they yeah. go and do in the midst of the the tournament. Like they don't that's touch true. on in the movie as much. Like they kind of like reference it here and there, but they don't go out and show you. Whereas in the book, she's like, yeah, I understand. Like maybe the, the fucking Triwizard Tournament's not everybody's cup of tea. I'm going to go do some other stuff out and kind of build the world a yeah. little bit so that like you're not yeah. just sitting here with all these kids doing goofy challenges or whatever for a novel it's true yeah yeah and then by the time you get to like three you're i think they've really got a pretty good handle on the world and the characters and you're starting to get like fucking outstanding (sighs) actors like uh gary oldman in there just fucking chewing up the scenery but doing an amazing job of it but the other thing for me is the first four movies and this really i think well, I guess by the end of four, it's uh, sort of remedied is it's really hard for me to take a fucking villain seriously. That's like a fucking quado in the back of Coral's head or this like tiny little like shriveled fucking body at the start of four or just like an emo fucking yeah. teenager from his diary in number two and shit like that. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't really get behind this. I, I, this isn't a threat to me. Yeah, the slow build to Voldemort in the movies feels less threatening than yep. it does in the books for some reason. Because like they do that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, he's attached to the back of the guy's head. Which the reveal in the yes. book feels creepier. Like when they do it in the in the in the the movie, it's just like, oh yeah, he's just attached to my head. Well, and it's kind of weird looking. Yeah, but... CGI in the movie did not do it any favors. Oh god, the CGI is real bad. Oh no, the first first couple movies. Yeah, the first movie in particular, that was another thing that really jumped out at me is that the there's some janky fucking shit. Like, and it's again, I think by about like three, they start to realize what they can do and what they shouldn't yep. do. Yeah. Like they start to realize the limitations they're working within. Uh, but yeah, like some of the fucking like the sorting hat scene. Shit. The sorting hat scene oh, is what yeah. got me in the first one the other day when I was watching it. I was like, wow, those are really horrifyingly badly comped together. Like they just you can see all the yeah. and stuff. I was like, oh, all right. In the Quidditch match, where like they've got entirely CGI, like you know, everybody, stu- yeah, students riding their brooms and shit like that. Some of those are really bad too, yeah. especially if you're watching it like in in a high resolution. Yeah. It's true, like but, it does not stand the test of time, as most CGI kind of suffers. Some of it does. It's just those parts where they're going like full CGI that it just really stands out, and that really is what like grabs you because at this point we're so used to just seamlessly integrated CGI that when it does go wrong like we're like yeah that's yeah. really noticeable the problem is like after having watched like the marvel movies which are so tightly put together now like like after watching Infinity yeah. War, you go back and watch something that has like there were good effects for the time you're like oh shit i see all the lines now because those yeah. guys have got it so tight down that you don't really see the line yeah. maybe in 10 years i'll notice the lines more but like right now i'm like i don't see like any of the mm-hmm. lines anymore in infinity war then you go back to something like this and you're like oh shit I see lines everywhere. And it's not just this movie. Like, this happens all the time. I mean, when I go back and watch, like, I just watched the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, um, which are a chore to get through, by the way. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Especially that third one. Fuck my life. Jesus. That's the (laughs) episode and a half is us talking about. Poor Topher Grace. Uh, Fuck Topher. Ruined his career. Oh, he earned it. He deserved every goddamn second of his career (laughs) being ruined because he was terrible in that movie. Anyway, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, like, that shit just doesn't hold up anymore. Like there's that early aughts period where like they were like, we can do all these cool effects, but we probably shouldn't, but we're going to do them anyway. So here we go. Yeah. Well, that was the thing, right? They were trying to create this magical world where things didn't quite look the same. 
in a lot of situations. So I see what they were trying to do, but you know, they reach too hard. Like there's the perfect reach was something like Jurassic Park, where the dinosaurs they were, you know, put on it was the same thing with like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. You know, Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. used CGI sparingly when it needed to. It put in the money and the effort to create more realistic interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. But with Harry Potter, I feel like they were trying to make it so magical that they kind of blew the CGI into like whatever they could because they thought it would be cool. Like the troll in the dungeon is terrible. Everything kind of looks like video game stuff, right? Like it's it's just Yeah. Yeah. It's also like it becomes cartoony, which I guess is fine for a kids movie. Like I I we're complaining about it because we're like Tim and I are 36 and 7 or whatever and like Chrissy's almost 30, I guess now. Like we're adults now and looking at it and being like, oh yeah, that does not hold up. If you put this shit in front of a kid, like I know my niece and nephew love the shit out of these movies. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. they don't see the flaws and like all the problems that we have with them as grown-ups watching them. Like to a kid, these movies are fucking awesome. Like they're yeah. or whatever. So like we're bitching about them now, but realistically, they're still awesome movies. So And it's not like these are the only movies from that period that were guilty of that. Like look at what the contemporary movies with this like this is coming out right in the middle of the star wars prequel trilogy yep which is arguably like the biggest example of like let's just fucking cgi everything yep like this movie series that is really well known for having outstanding practical effects fuck that we're just gonna like digital everything now yeah well this is also like 2000 would have been as the comic book movie like boom started like spider-man was coming out x-men was coming Mm -hmm. out like we just had blade like that kind of stuff was there so yeah, it was in the middle of like a big sci-fi fantasy like push at the uh, the turn of the millennium, I guess. So yeah, well, yeah, and that was like they learned that as they went throughout the series. Like you can see that they use less CGI as they go. I think they get better at it too, which is like the one thing yeah. I noticed in like the third and fourth movie. I'm like, oh, they're still doing the same effects, but they've got them locked down properly. Where like I don't see the lines, like I'm not seeing the seaming as much. So. Or they've planned the shot in a way that they know, like, they're avoiding their weaknesses yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that that is hard, too, because, like, you've got the kind of eh, kid actors and you've got the kind of eh, CGI. But the first movie I still really like because of the spectacle of it. Like, when it first came out. It introduces the world really well. It introduces really well. the world. And to be honest, the movie did come out in 2001. So, like, we're talking about you know, almost 20 years ago at this point, which is crazy. And <laughs> so fucking old guys. Like I'm just so, old <laughs> I know it's crazy, but like uh, it's, I can forgive the first movie, a lot of its stuff because it was a test, you know, like, and it did the, with the score created this magical, like beautiful, like, Place and Hogwarts was set in this perfect castle. It's fucking John Williams. Yeah, yeah I was John, gonna say, that's a John Williams score, that's right? John Williams. Yeah. He's a genius. Just killing it yeah. as usual. And, you know, they, with the way that they'd set up the castle and everything, they really did a good job of creating a space. It might not have been perfect, but it was something that had not been done before. Like, you hadn't seen yeah. this level of magicalness before. Like, you had Lord of the Rings, which was, you know, unbelievable and outstanding and amazing. Was but- that out yet? When did the first one come out? They're on the Lord same of the Rings. Time. First one was uh, 2001, I think, was Fellowship. Yeah. Oh, so like the same year. But the thing was with Fellowship, it wasn't, one, it wasn't all set in the same place. And two, it was more about an adult level of fantasy. So it didn't have to rely so much on like magical components. Do you know what I mean? 
And kid actors. And kid actors. Yeah. So I think with with this, I can forgive the first movie because it introduced us to the world and it did it well. I think it did it well. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Like it established the world and sort of the general rules that we're working within in this story and in this uh, universe or whatever pretty well. And that's like, yeah, and that's that's my biggest my biggest appreciation for these is the world itself and like the fucking production design on it in general was outstanding on all the movies mm-hmm. was fucking outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? Did you, or did you give your your thoughts interspersedly throughout that? Yeah, mostly yeah. like most of my thoughts about the movie are like, I think I think it holds up if you're not us, I guess, like not looking at it as critically. I think it's fine. I don't have like a huge issue with it i don't also have a ton invested in the movie either so i'm just like whatever well i think that that's that's kind of cool though is that we're looking at it from people who are slightly not like obsessive about it because and it's it's sobering for me because if you know a couple of years ago if you'd asked me i would say there's nothing wrong with the harry potter universe but like the more you grow i think it's important to look back at them and say like well you know this could have been better yeah yeah reevaluate and I'm always curious because like the like with Warner Brothers, that's it's basically the only franchise Warner Brothers seems to have left aside from the DC movies, which are floundering at best. So I'm always like, when are they going to remake these movies? Like, you know, they're going to remake them. I well, that's why I remember when I was saying I would love to see a Netflix series either yeah. about Harry Potter or about the time before Harry, yeah. like with Lily and James yeah. and like the Marauders and Snape. Yeah, yeah. that's my thing is like I. I would be up for, I, I mean, I, I liked uh, Fantastic Beasts because it's a little bit more adult yes. take yeah. on the Harry Potter world. Like you've got like the the sisters that are a little bit more like racy. There's some like off color jokes and stuff like that. And uh, and I'm like, OK, I'm a little bit more here for this. And like I I think that there are stories in the wizarding world that I would could get a lot more invested in. It's just not like these kids haven't trouble at school yeah and these kids yeah. are kids like they're it's a kid yeah. movie it's kids movies kids books yeah. it becomes yeah. adult books after Sirius dies you know after cedric dies it becomes it a bit becomes more, like yeah. young adult at that point well you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. though like it it brings you into the the realities of an adult world is more what i'm trying to say yeah so like when yeah. cedric dies harry has his first like real like discovery of death like his parents are dead sure but like this is his first encounter with it but you know, yeah. when it comes to the films as well, you don't really get a sense that it's more a bit more like adult world, a bit more like young adult focus until what's it called? Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'll agree. Anyway, though, um, going back. So uh, what I guess we kind of we've griped a little bit, but like, what did you really like in the first th- uh, the first four movies? Was there anything that you actually enjoyed? Uh, Alan Rickman. Yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I can never remember that the actress's name. Who plays McGonagall? Oh, um, Maggie, uh, Smith. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. Yeah. Uh, the actors. So like all the adult actors basically yeah. just fucking crush like everything. Yeah. And even when you can see them like looking at the kids and it's like, are they really annoyed or are they pretending to be annoyed or are they using the fact that they're really annoyed to look good <laughs> and they're pretending to be annoyed? I feel like that might be the proper answer in a lot of cases, but like. They all do such a really like a really good job. I like the Dumbledore better in the first two movies. Yeah, I never forgave them. I never forgave them for casting Michael, whatever his name is, because yeah, he destroyed. I like Michael Gambon though, but like I I don't think he did a great job as Dumbledore. No, he destroyed the character. 
fair. Uh, eh, I, I don't hate it, but then again, I'm not as invested in it. I, I don't mind either of them, but I Dumbledore is probably my favorite part of the first four movies. Like just, I mean, and it's because there's so much fucking Gandalf in him. Like he's a yeah. sassy ass, like know-it-all wizard yeah. that, yeah, is like a little bit mischievous and that sort of thing. And I just love that sort of character archetype. He's almost, yeah, he is. Like I was going to say Gandalf, like my first thing was, my first thing to do was go to Wolverine. Like he is that kind of like senior member, like he's kind of seen it all, like knows what's going on. I would never like, have associated yeah, him with Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a lot less irreverent than, yeah, uh, than Wolverine Logan is. Hensley. And a lot, lot more of a joiner than Wolverine yeah. is. There's that too. But yeah, there is, <laughs> I, I, I do like the Dumbledore character. I wish there was more of him in the books too. Like they, she it's almost like she didn't want him to take the spotlight away from everybody else because he's so cool right like you're so like oh i want to know what he's doing like he's so powerful like he's like the superman or whatever of that world like he's very much the hero kind of of the story but that's in a lot of ways that's why i really enjoyed um i know i said we were going to talk about the books but we are i enjoyed his turn when he actually ended up being fallible in the um in the final books because he did he fucked up like yeah. he made oh, yeah, a lot of mistakes with the kids and with Harry. He was actually a very bad headmaster for a lot of the time and like made a lot of really questionable choices that nobody questioned because he was just Dumbledore. Yeah, I just kind of mm-hmm. and that's one of the things too like I wish they, somebody had gone back. I wish they'd had that other person there to be like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? Like you're not doing this right. Like people are going to die because of you." Nobody ever says that to him, which well, kind of like it seems like McGonagall should have like gone in. Yeah, he he kind of ends up in a or like one of the game. other mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, or one of the other headmasters or somebody like that, like one of the headmasters from Bobaton well, or something like that. The thing yeah. was, he was irreverent because he defeated Grindelwald and he'd like taken pains to eradicate the Dark Lord. And like he was. I don't, don't spoil this shit for me who <laughs> doesn't know what's going to happen in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, I haven't, yet. I haven't yeah. spoiled anything. But like it's, it's interesting just because like Dumbledore's character changed when they cast Michael Gambon because Richard Harris had that like quiet kind of contemplative grandfathery feel to him but like that i feel like had he Mm. the time and had he the had he lived to act out the rest of dumbledore would have been so much more powerful to witness him turn whereas michael gambin came in like headlights on just like became this like kind of nasty version of dumbledore he wasn't approachable in the same way you hate the michael gambon dumbledore Like, explain to us why. Because, like, you've gone on okay. rants on the I show have. before about, like, why. Well, you've never really, like, given us, like, <laughs> like the reason. I, I don't why. see it as that different. Okay, let me explain. Like, I see the difference, but, like, I, you have this, like, it's the it's same not, like, thing. like, night and day for me. Exactly. But it's, like, you reacting to uh, Henry Cavill as Geralt, and I'm, like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> it's not, I don't have any investment in it, so... I guess I, I, it's more like a kind to like Jared Leto being cast as the Joker, where I was, like, what the fuck? Why him? Like, yeah. why? Yeah, so you can empathize but my reality for Dumbledore is that throughout the books Dumbledore really never raises his voice he never he looks he has looks that are very well described in the book where like and he brings down this like fury around him like they talk about how the room gets colder like when Dumbledore is furious like the light gets dimmer and he's got this kind of ethereal um, atmosphere around him but he never raises his voice wait is he a dementor no so that's what happens that when the dementors no, are around no, too. no but you know what i mean though like my new head cannon dumbledore's a dumbledore's a dementor don't you dare say that about dumbledore <laughs> but the thing is like dumbledore 
is mysterious. So what turned me off immediately, I did not mind him. I did not mind him in the third movie. And I did not mind him in Prisoner of Azkaban. What did it for me, what turned me off, what I will never forgive him for, and check this out on any forum that loves Harry Potter, was when he grabbed Harry and threw him into the... The, and when he was in the room after Harry had put, like, he thought Harry put his name in the Goblet of Fire, he pushes oh, him and shoves oh, him yeah, yeah. into the what did you corner. Do? He goes, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Dumbledore would never, ever have done that. And it came out years later that apparently Michael Gambon just refused to listen to direction. He had an idea of where Dumbledore was going. He'd never read the books, but he had an idea about who this Dumbledore character was and just did it. And because he was revered as an actor, a lot of the directors like tried to because they would change all the time. They kind of just let him do his thing. But Michael Gambon had never read the books, and he didn't read them, so he didn't know the character, and he didn't understand it. Richard Harris had read the books to his kid, to his like grandkids, and so he had a, a very unique understanding of Dumbledore. So when Michael Gambon came in, he made Dumbledore younger. Like Richard Harris had this like like I said this grandfather thing going on, but Dumbledore yeah, he looks really like, ancient in the first one, like yeah. really old. But then they yeah. made him like the uncleish character to Harry. He wasn't quite the father figure that Harry looks for in Dumbledore in the books. It's not quite getting him. Sounds like you should be really upset that Richard Harris yeah. died. I think that's who you should re- who you should really direct your anger <laughs> at that he had the nerve to leave this world before finishing <laughs> your Dumbledore. Christine. How can I hold that against him? I loved Richard Harris. <laughs> he was a brilliant actor but no I, it just Michael Gambon he because, I don't respect his performance because he didn't take the time to read the books he didn't care enough that is a pet peeve of mine when uh, when people are doing like for instance like you know there are yeah. actors in comic book movies that are like no I didn't really read any of the stuff I just kind of read the script and they, they gave me sort of like a character outline or whatever and I just went off that I'm like oh you don't have to no. read everything, but read some shit. And that was the thing. Like, I, I don't really have a problem if you audition, you don't really get the part, uh, get the character. But once you get cast, it's your responsibility to your fans, especially for something like Harry Potter or anything Marvel or DC or, you know, any kind of book interpretation. It is your responsibility to do yeah. the research because it's great that you want to play a character and that you want to make it your own. But you do have a responsibility to an already created character. I agree. To me, Michael Gambon did not put in the work and it showed to the fans. Like, it just wasn't... We weren't expecting him to be Richard... I say we. I wasn't expecting him to be Richard Harris. I wasn't. (laughs) I knew that, that, you know, when Richard Harris passed away, so did Dumbledore in in a way. But to me, it just... He didn't... He didn't deliver. He was aggressive and Dumbledore wasn't aggressive. Dumbledore only became aggressive never to Harry he was aggressive to the teachers and to Snape, but you, it was always behind closed doors and was undiscovered until the final books. And that's what made him so enticing as a character was that he was revered because he was mysterious and because he was controlled. But the reason he was controlled was because of all the things that happened in his past with Grendelwald. Yeah. So he knew what he could do if he unleashed her. Yeah, and because of his sister, because of Ariana, and because of what how he treated his brother, and like the mistakes he'd made in his youth made him, you know, uh, have to take on the responsibilities of the world far beyond what he had ever intended for himself. It made him human. And I think that 
like losing that in Michael Gambon, it just like he played him very surface and that just you can feel it in the movies. It just didn't do it for me. Fair. But Fair I enough. think I've made my argument. <laughs> and neither of us no, are really in, in a position to argue. I'm just Basically, like yeah. the counter. Yeah. <laughs> Or or care enough to count. Basically, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of like. I think more at this point, I was trying to convince you guys of my point, and I think I have enough. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll probably go through the rest of the movies with that, like lingering. You know, keeping a closer eye on his on his performance and seeing if I agree or not. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, why don't we chat? Uh, we'll talk a bit more. What didn't you like? I guess no, we already did that. What you didn't like about the films? Why don't we just talk about? I guess. Who is your favorite actor out of all of them? Um, out of the four, who do you think gave the best performance? Out of the four, is the it four like movies, <laughs> the first, the yeah. first oh, the four, first movies? four movies. Uh, I really like Robbie Coltrane as uh, Hagrid. I think he really like defined that role. But Alan Rickman is phenomenal too, and fucking Gary Oldman killed it. <laughs> Those would be my three real standouts i think yeah well those those three and maggie smith are kind of the ones that i'm i i keep the most like eye on when i'm watching the movies i guess uh at least yeah. when i was watching them this time because they were the ones who were actually there doing the work the kids i'm like i find oh god i can never remember her name rupert grint no emma watson emma watson like she gets better faster than the boys do in the movie yeah yes. she does absolutely so yeah i don't know like she's better like especially when you get to the fourth movie where she's got a little bit more to do um in terms mm. of like playing like she's going out with that other guy and all that other stuff. I find her character way more interesting. So mm-hmm. I'll give her a shout out at this point. I know by the end, she's the, my favorite of the three. So, yeah. Mm. Um, you know what? One that we haven't mentioned yet or two, I guess. I actually really enjoyed Kenneth Branagh's performance as um, uh, Gilderoy yeah, Lockhart. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I hate that character. though. So, like, I know he, you hate <laughs> the character, but part of the reason you hate the character is because his performance of it was so good. Yeah. 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 His interpretation was just like, so poncy and like he was just such a such a dandy and such an asshole yeah but he does it so well and like kenneth brown i'm used to seeing him play you know performances like hamlet and you know these really beautifully intense roles so to see him come out as like fucking gilderoy lockhart i was like what is happening it's amazing yeah no he, he he was obviously just having a fucking blast playing that role yeah and the other one like i I'm always a fan of seeing John Cleese in anything. And especially given that like, he doesn't really work very much anymore. Like even at this point when these movies were coming out, it was uh, really fun just to see him. Like obviously having a lot of fun playing Sir Nick. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, Nicholas Mimsy, whatever his name is. Nearly Um, headless Nick. Nearly headless Nick. Yeah. Also, we haven't talked about David Thewlis who played Remus Lupin. Mm. I thought he delivered a great performance. He's fine. He he seems to be playing the cartoon version of it uh, really? a little bit more. Yeah, I thought he's he's a little over the top. Yeah, oh, I mean, no, I love it. Especially put up against fucking Gary Oldman, like Gary Oldman. Yeah, and overshadows him, but like his his performance was like serviceable for me. Yeah, he was fine. Really? I, like I didn't hate him. I just like put him up put him up against like Gary Oldman and like Alan Rickman and stuff. I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. He's fine. He does his job. I've seen him in other stuff where he's very good. Like he's been in uh, Dragon Heart. He's a British actor. Like he shows up in like yeah. Well, I, no, I don't think I've seen that. But like I think he showed up in Doctor Who and stuff like that. He's been good in other. Uh, stuff. He was in Wonder Woman. He was good. In, I liked him in Wonder Woman. Yeah. He was good in Wonder Woman until they decided to keep that yeah, mustache. That's on. what but I meant. Yeah, it, that, that was, was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a bad directing decision. That's not on him. <laughs> so, 
But no, I thought the Fucking reason DC I really and mustaches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the reason I really love his performance is when it's the scene in the Shrieking Shack when he's trying to convince Harry to not try to murder Sirius. Sirius, yeah. That is a yeah. standout performance for me when David Thewlis is just telling him, like, you have to wait, you don't understand. I was like, yes, mm-hmm. Remus. And I also always had a soft spot for Remus, for, for Lupin in the, in the books, books, because uh, he's so tragic. And he's just like always, he, out of all the four marauders, he was the one that constantly tried to think clearly and logically about everything and put it forth. And when he's with Tonks, he, he has so much, he has struggles to let her in and let anybody in because of his um, lycanthropy. Lycanthropy? I don't know, werewolf disease? Yeah, Yeah, lycanthropy, thank you. And then he dies. Like, he and Tonks die and leave behind a child just like Harry's parents did to him. Like, I'm just like, oh, Remus. Spoilers, that's like way later. I know, but I do really... I've I've watched all the movies. I didn't remember that happened because I've only watched like the later Mm, ones once. Sorry. (laughs) That's fine. But yeah, I just thought that like, you know, and the way he is, it's very close to... It's like mirroring the HIV AIDS epidemic, how everyone responds to him, even though, you know, he's like a a killer werewolf that has no sense of self when he's like a werewolf. But it's very much that idea of like he takes himself away from society because it's so it's such a shameful disease that no one else feels is shameful when they get to know him. Yeah, I like the way that they played uh, the animagus versus the like uh like yeah. in that like you know that that sirius has control over himself but uh lupin yeah. doesn't like that was a cool and the interplay. three the other three decided to that was a cool twist when you find out that the that scabbers the whole time has been peter pettigrew i remember reading that being like oh yeah. shit that was a good reveal yeah yeah but uh okay well then um who was your favorite character from the films and who was your least uh i I'm a fucking Dumbledore yeah. guy, even with Michael Gambon in there. Like, I just love that sort of mischievous, you know, sassy wizard type guy. And that's just the Lord of the Rings nerd in me coming out, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Sirius probably is the one that, like, I kind of watched the closest in those last two movies, just because yeah. Gary Oldman. But also, like, in the books, I like the character, too. Like, he's a little bit more reckless than everybody else. Like, he's more prone to kind of flying off the handle and, like, trying yeah. to get into a fight. So. I kind of like like he's more interesting to watch because he is a little bit like he's still kind of a kid, I guess, in a lot of ways. Kind of why he and Harry bond true. so quickly. So they're working on the same maturity level, yeah. basically. Hmm. It's true because he thinks of him as his as his uh, dad. Yeah, like his buddy. Yeah, he thinks about him in, like the way yeah. he thinks of yeah. James. I guess so he doesn't actually like think like, oh, this is actually a kid, and I'm like 20 years older than it, and I should probably not be encouraging it to like get into all this shit. But I'm going to anyway because. I still think of him as like it's yeah, his dad, which is him. devastating. Yeah, like when yeah. you get to uh, the next film. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm not really sure who my favorite would be. Like Neville, not yet because he's kind of wimpy and sad. Oh god, and he's so fucking awkward in like three and four. Yeah. He really is. Like he, oh, Jesus Christ. like his fucking teeth in three in particular like deserve their own line in the credits oh my god what is amazing say um it's true though like they had to give him (laughs) fake teeth because he his teeth were he was getting too good looking apparently yeah oh really he because he he actually long bottomed 
Yeah, because he's like uh, he's British hot now, like isn't he? Like, oh yeah, like oh yeah, like by yeah by like the last movie, like everybody like that became the thing for like when somebody grows up really sexy is like they Neville or they long bottomed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. puberty done right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think my favorite in the books was or in the movie, sorry, it was actually Snape. Even though I I despise the character of Snape in the books, and I I hate that he is revered the way he is by fans because he was this horrible, horrible, horrible teacher who emotionally abused his students. Yeah. I mean, just in general, like fucking Hogwarts is like the worst managed school it ever. It really is. It's like genuinely awful. The, their infirmary is like constantly fucking full of students that have been like injured in classroom Fucked or up. like extracurricular yeah. accidents. Like really horrific fucking accidents too. Like yeah. these kids can't like, Oh, fucking oh fucking here all all the bones in harry's arm are yeah, gone yeah that was weird <laughs> or how about you know there's this this mystery thing going around the school and you know paralyzing all the students yeah that's yeah yeah it's i'd be like yeah that, that, that there's a there's a definite like safety protocol lack of in like hogwarts like you would think are they not run by anybody in the british government like they're on british land right so they should they not answer to a higher power that's like you know what? Those kids. Like, who the fuck insures the school? Yeah, basically. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. They must have life insurance policies out on all the kids. I, like, Harry fucking wakes up in the infirmary, like, what, three, four times every movie? I know. Yeah. Especially in the later ones, he's constantly waking up in the infirmary. It's like, what happened? I'm like, if he's had that many head injuries, you need to get him, like, a CTE test. Like, this magic yeah, shit's exactly. not, like, going to help his brain if it starts to rot. He's got, like, 85 concussions. <laughs> constantly getting fucked um, in the head. Half of them are fucking Quidditch related. Uh, it's kind of like Giles by the end of Buffy. He's like, you should probably go see a specialist. You didn't even tell a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. Yeah, sorry, uh, that's I, okay. Yeah. That's fine. I I like the derailing, but it's true though, and that's one of the reasons why Dumbledore bothered me a little bit because it was like, come on, dude, look at the way you're you are mismanaging. This is yeah, your case a of mismanagement. Too, uh, a little too cavalier yeah. about the student yeah. constantly getting yeah, hurt. Basically. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like later on yeah 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 no uh i i just yeah i i have nothing more to say about that (laughs) um i also have a soft spot while we're talking characters of for for dobby dobby does not fucking fit in here like this fucking dark ass like self-harming slave well (laughs) like everything else is like kind of like whimsically dark and then you've got like dobby like beating his head and like Fucking running an iron over his hands. Yeah, that was weird. Like, that's a weird thing to teach Dobby kids, man. is my least <laughs> yeah. favorite. The way that they managed him from book to film breaks my heart. It's is he not that bad in the? No, book? he's worse. But like, you care more because they made him this like jerky, pathetic creature, and you get so little of him. But he's in every book. Yeah, it's true. He does. He shows. Yeah. He shows up till the end too. Once That's why I, I'll talk about this in, when we talk about the episode. But when he's killed in the final movie, I'm just like, or the second last movie, I was like, "Boo, mishandled!" Because like Dobby had not been around. They replaced in the fourth movie. One of the things I can't forgive, and we'll actually this leads to our next question. But one of the things I cannot forgive is their mismanagement of Dobby and giving all of his parts to Neville, like. Oh, hugely okay. mismanaged yeah, really. which you know what this is good this is good this leads us to my one of my last questions because we're we're uh getting long in the tooth here see how i didn't say the time 
Good job. She's learning. I'm learning. Our little Christy's learning. I'm going up. So, uh, what was the thing, I guess, Tim, this is going to be a bit difficult for you because um, you didn't read the books, but from your understanding, maybe you'll I'll make some answer. shit yeah, up. Yeah, just make shit up. But um, <laughs> what was your, what did you think they did well bringing from the book to the movie? And what do you think they really failed at? And I'll save my Dobby rant for when it's my turn. But Tim, why don't we start with you since you don't have as much of a, like a tie to that. Was there something that you just really thought was poorly done or really well done? I mean, I think that scene in the Shrieking Shack that Mark was talking about, like, I don't know if that's from the, like, direct from the books or not. It feels like it probably is. Like, that feels, like, very Rowling-ish where uh, they're outing Peter Pettigrew and Mm -hmm. you're really, like, learning about, like, and that's one thing I like about the movies in general. And this, I've, is, I, my understanding is a lot of this is from Rowling's writing is that she does a good job at subverting expectations. Like she'll set up one thing and then it'll be something completely that you weren't expecting at all. Like, and that wasn't even particularly well telegraphed. There's some, and maybe in the earlier movies, there's some stuff that's more like really heavily telegraphed. Like if you're looking, you can probably fucking tell that Coral is the actual bad guy and not Snape. Cause like they're playing Snape really arch and yeah. it would be pretty obvious kind of thing. If, if he was, but uh, in like two, three, and four, I think you're getting more of that. Like you're expecting this to happen, but in the you know you expect it to be Lupin or whatever, or or Sirius Black, who's the bad guy, but it takes it in a really different direction. Yeah. So, yeah, that that I think is executed pretty well in the first few movies. Cool. I agree. Was there anything you really didn't like? Uh, I mean the the whole like Harry Potter moaning Myrtle like a uh, sex scene that was a little weird for me. Yeah, that was fucked up <laughs> yeah, that was a weird call I don't know. that was uh i mean chris columbus i didn't think he had that in him really but uh uh really poorly executed <laughs> that's okay that's good that can be your answer <laughs> it was fucked up it was weird yeah, yeah. It was just, <laughs> there's yeah there's just some like cgi stuff just some effect stuff that i feel like was probably not realized the way that it really should have been uh compared to the books yeah you know and you know with the books where you have like the freedom of visualizing it as you see fit kind of thing yeah no i agree okay what about you mark and what did you really like that you think they did well from transferring book to movie and then what do you think they could have like it was bad for good production design like i mean early on it is a little whimsical but like as they tighten up and get a little dark going into like the third and fourth movies i find the production design kind of like matches up a little bit more closely with what i kind of had in my head for the Harry Potter world where it's a little bit grimier and stuff like that. And it might like what I don't like is actually it's kind of attached to that in that like in the books, she spends a lot more time and it's more later in the books, but like the, in the third and fourth book, it's kind of started where she's spending time away from the school with like ministry of magic people or just like kind of regular run of the mill magic people. I mean, they're, they're getting killed or whatever in the end, like during those scenes, but you're seeing how other wizards live. Whereas in the movies they gloss over that because you just don't have the time, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. So, yeah. Well, all right. Shall we continue? I guess it's my turn to answer that question. Yes. So, I guess my answer to that would be again, like the things that I really liked. We talked about at the beginning was the world building, and I liked a lot of the characters they brought over. I think they did justice to Gildroy Lockhart, the Marauders. Like, like I said earlier, I think the they did a good job with character development for most of it and mostly the adults. And they seemed pretty true to form to me. What 
I hated, and this is part of the reason why I, the fourth movie, even though I adored the book, I just can't handle the fourth movie. It's poorly acted. It's very, it was all of them in puberty. So they were all like going through some shit and weren't bringing their best. And it's when Cedric dies, which was like traumatizing for me when I was younger. Um, I was, I remember sitting and reading that part in my Nana and granddad's house and just, I threw the book. I threw it away from me because I was just like, ah! <laughs> like, I was so upset. I cried for days. <laughs> but no, I it's they totally take out Ludo Bagman, who is a huge part of the fourth book. Well, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, they take out Ludo. They took out Winky. They took out um, who is another elf. And they take out Dobby. And they took out a lot of Barty Crouch. What gave a lot of like character development to why Mad-Eye Moody becoming Barty Crouch Jr. was such a big deal. And I'll admit, David Tennant did that part justice. Like, I just wish there'd been more for him to do. Yeah, it was a weird, like, we're going to cast him and then, like, barely use him kind of thing. <laughs> barely. He was still newish, so though. Some... He was the doctor at that point, though, if I'm not mistaken. Not in 2000 and... Uh... Wait, Goblet of Fire was 2005. He was absolutely the doctor by two. No, that's right. That show started in 2005. Now it was still Eccleston was 2000. I think it started 2004 was when the new doctor started up. And that was the West open Eccleston. Yeah. Yeah, Because Eccleston left right after that season. He was like, fuck this. And then they hired tenant pretty quick. So he was probably at least in talks to become the doctor. So yeah, it's pre doctor. Fair. Okay. I was just, I wasn't sure if it was uh, after the doctor. To to American audiences, he was no one yet. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying because they cast British actors like exclusively. So like somebody who was the Doctor would have been a bigger deal to the Brits uh, and to me, obviously, because I'm a dork. <laughs> Doctor Who, but yeah, than mm-hmm. other people before but, 2005, yeah. he'd been in a bunch of British stuff. Like he was a big deal over yeah. there, but nothing that Americans would recognize. Yeah, no, he didn't become a name yeah. over here until he became yeah. the Doctor. Until he picked up the, scr- the Sonic Screwdriver, that was when he became yeah. a thing over here. So, so and the fangirls. Pay- and overnight oh so. man yeah of course he's mm-hmm. fantastic yeah i'm pretty excited to him good, i'm pretty excited to see him in good omens <laughs> yeah i'm yeah, reading yeah. the book now and it's so good see anything any kind of like if like i had any latent attraction to david Tennant is gone after Kilgrave because he's so scummy in that I'm oh like, he was so he good yeah, yeah. No, he creeped me out enough that i was like if, even if i had any inkling of a thing for david Tennant, I, it was gone after that because i was like fuck this could be hard terrifying yeah, be hard to uh yeah, yeah reconcile that but um yeah yeah no i i thought that in four they just made a ton of mistakes because they were trying to keep the book was so big that was one they should have made into two films if they were gonna see if they did that though there would have been 38 of these movies which probably would have been benefited because they would have had to split up every book (laughs) but this is why the fourth one this is why i'm excited for lord of the rings i feel like it should be a a tv show and why harry potter should be redone as a television show it should be redone. that tv show is not going to be lord of the rings though but i'm just saying like i'm saying in general when you have these giant books now that we see that netflix and like amazon prime and all these places can handle these series well and hbo with game of thrones yo yeah we're we're in the prime time prime time tv we're in the prime time to take books and films that were like shoved into these like time slots of two and a half hours and expand them to create these marvelous new worlds it's funny you would say marvelous considering like that's what marvel (laughs) does in movies but the thing is though think about how many marvel movies there are mark 
22, baby. That's yeah. exactly. <laughs> you just said there'd be 38 Harry Potter movies. It's not I know, that that's big what of I'm a saying. stretch. Like, yeah. Totally. I guess you could split it up. Like if you're going to remake them, I would be all for splitting some of those up and like actually doing the other stuff. I'm also much, I'd prefer a Netflix show. It means I don't have to go to the theater every six months. So I love going to the theater. I like going to the theater too, but I don't necessarily like, I like going to the theater for Marvel movies. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm very, very excited to see what they would do with Harry Potter and Netflix one day. I'm surprised they haven't done anything. I'm like, not. Nothing yet. I'm not. Really? I don't think. Oh, I think it's her. too soon. Because of what? Because of how controlled she is with. Like, yeah, I don't yeah think she she controls it. Movie. I think she also needs breaks, and because they've just broken into Fantastic Beasts, which is one story that they're breaking into three movies. I'm like, you get it right. You get the idea now. That's gonna be like a. That would be <laughs> like, you know, twelve episodes if you think about Wait, it. They're doing three movies out of that. Yeah. I it was two. I didn't know they were doing three. Jesus, why? Like, that's not that long a book, is it? Is it's it not like a book. book too? It was a oh. small book was released as a special for like a Christmas thing for J.K. Rowling. It was that Quidditch through the ages and another textbook that got mentioned in the actual books. Oh. So this is all just a story that she compiled together. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I don't like. I don't know anything about Fantastic Beasts except for I tried to watch it once and it put me to sleep. So <laughs> I really got to get back to that movie at some point. Yeah, but. So yeah, I don't know. Why don't we round out the episode though? Give me the order of the films that you saw from one to four and tell me what you think. And you, then um, final thoughts, really. Oh, you mean like us ranking them? Because yeah. like if I, I watch them in order, like I watch them one, three, one, two, three, four. <laughs> so your question's not. <laughs> so I guess I would go three, four, two, one. No, three, four, one, two, I guess. Three, four, one, would two. Would probably be the way. Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I like the introduction of the, the characters in the first movie like they do a good job of like here's the groundwork for this world we're gonna have to do a lot of groundwork later on to flesh it out but here's the world but it's still like it's still a kids movie and then the second one is a poorly paced kids movie and then Mm -hmm. the third one's actually a good movie finally like it actually holds together on its own and then the fourth one is a bit of a mess obviously because hot damn like yeah there's a lot of shit they cut out that adds a lot of context that helps the plot move forward a little bit more organically than it kind of does in yeah. the movie. So that's my that's my order. Yeah, and that's mine too. Three three I definitely like the best. Like the performances and stuff are just hang together better. It's paced best out of all of them, I think. Yeah. Four is still a lot of fun, but just doesn't quite hit three, like in terms of like the level of drama and stuff like that. It feel four feels a little bit more like formulaic. And then one and two, like two just is the probably the low point of the whole series for me just because i can't really get particularly invested in emo tom riddle <laughs> as a villain yeah and uh and then one is like yeah it does a good job setting up the world but i the fucking like acting of those kids in that movie <laughs> is just so bad yeah um, that's pretty sad <laughs> i think for me it would go three one two four yeah. Three, just, one. Okay. Okay. Fair. Well, so you hate four that much. That's like you, you, you prefer two to four. I do. I hate it. I try watching it. And it just like drives me up the wall. Like it just is so like, again, I'll use this word again, mismanaged. Fair. Okay. Um, I like having rewatched it. I was like, yeah, this is not as good as I re- like. I think I remember the book more fondly and like that kind of colors how I view the movie. So I'm like, hey, it's not as not that bad. But when I was watching. I was like, Anyway, but yeah. So, final thoughts. Um, I guess really we, we've talked mostly about it, but uh, would you recommend these to someone who had watched them in their youth or someone who hadn't seen them? Like, would I recommend them like 
Just being like, if someone was like, yes. you know, am, should I watch the, the movies? Should or I the watch books? the movies? Would you say? Oh, yes. But like prefacing by saying you should probably read the books because they're much better. Like that's usually what I would do. But like, yeah, I'd read them. Like watch the movies. They're fun. Like I have a good time watching them. But are they better than like I would? I would be like, if you like them, go read the books. Especially if they're kids, like go read the books. Like you should be <laughs> reading. You should be watching fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I would like to do like a wizarding world like movie marathon the way that we do our middle earth marathon not like annually but like at some point i think it would be fun to do i'm positive there's fucking drinking games out there for these movies at this point because all of these fans have grown up yeah you have to move up here and then we'll do it up here and we'll do an episode yeah, out of it do like, like over that. the course of a weekend or something like that just sit down and watch all of them back to back cool. and kind of like what we had planned for those transformers movies just maybe not as much oh god long, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah we'll be drinking <laughs> to forget quite as much Oh god, we'll have to be so high for those movies. We'll just get real <laughs> high. We'll just get a whole bunch of edibles and just get fucked up before we watch those <laughs> shit. So, oh goodness, you guys, you get me. I would recommend them, but I would do it with a grain of salt. I'd be like, why aren't you reading the books, you fools? Yeah, agreed. Uh, agreed. But yeah, okay. Well, we will come back after we've watched in a couple of weeks or a month. We'll you know watch four, five, or five, six, seven, and eight. And uh, come back and talk about them. But until then, please tell us what you think of the movies and what your first experiences were with the with the world in general. I think it would be great if TRD went to Harry Potter world, but you guys would not be as excited as I am. So, you know. Hey, I love it. I said I'd fucking love the theme park shit because I love the, the world itself and they and I fucking love yeah. theme parks. So <laughs> I haven't been to a theme park in so long. It would be fun to go to one, especially one of these ones like just the way Tim describes them makes them sound way more appealing to me than they do. Like just kind of like, I'm not a ride guy cause I can't. And then that kind of stuff, but if there's shit to see, I'd be more inclined to do that. Like, and obviously it would be fun just for us to go and do that kind of stuff. Cause we just all be fucked up and randomly running around. It'd be awesome to watch Christy just <laughs> scream and nerd out like a lunatic for a weekend. <laughs> I would, I lose my mind. Yeah. So, but no, it, it, you know what? That's the nice thing about the Potter world is that, there's stuff to look at. That's why I like Universal Studio. I really love Disney and Universal, and they've spoiled me for all other theme parks because there's so much mm-hmm. stuff to do that isn't a ride. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's so immersive. Like it's just an experience, not necessarily like you're not just going just to ride, you know, from one ride to the next yeah. kind of thing. Like you're entertained in between and everything. And but yeah, okay. Well, again, thank you so much for tuning in to Dance Robot Dance episode 112. You can find are us we, on what? Are we not going to do geek cred? Oh my god, right, geek cred, my thing. Blah. It's your segment, Christy. It's my segment. Oh, welcome to geek cred. Um, geek cred. <laughs> geek cred is where we is a segment on the show where we tell each other and our audience of lovely listeners something geeky that we would recommend that week. So something that we've experienced or something recent that we've really liked that we think you guys will enjoy too. So why don't we start with uh, Mark? Mark, what's your geek cred this week? There's a new metric album that came out this week that I just Ooh. picked up. It's actually really good. Um, I was listening I like to metric it a lot. Yeah, while I was playing, it's called Art of Doubt. Uh, I can send it to you guys if you want. But like, yeah, it's it came out this week, and I've yeah. been listening to it uh, while I've been swinging around New York and Spider Man, and it's it's pretty good. Uh, the last couple metric albums have left me generally pretty cold, but this one feels like kind of a Maybe it's just vibing with me properly, or I was just in the right mood for it. But like, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. So if you can find Art of Doubt, I think it's on Spotify. Go, go, give that a spin. It's pretty good. Emily Haynes sounds really awesome on it this time out. So maybe she's cleaned up a little bit. So I do love me some metric. Yeah, I'll, I'll send that out to you guys once I get it somewhere where I can get it. Nice, nice. What about you, Tim? What's your geek cred? 
I'm going to recommend a podcast. Uh, so it's one that has taken a big break. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but this is one I've been listening to from the start. Uh, and they just came back from a break and have been releasing episodes for the past like few months. It's called From Crisis to Crisis, the Superman podcast. It is basically covering the era of S- Superman comics that really got me into reading comics. So like basically from Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is in like 1985, up until Infinite Crisis, which I want to say was like 2008 or something like that. Somewhere in there, yeah. It was like mid-aughts or something. And right now they're in like the sort of mid-90s, which is really like right around the time that I started reading uh, comics. So, And they're co- they did really good coverage of uh, like the death and return of Superman. They've had interviews on the podcast with some of like the writers and artists from that era and stuff too um and they've also done some coverage like if you watched like the uh lois and clark they've done coverage on that show and stuff too so if you are like a a superman fan in general it's something i heartily recommend nice i think my uh, recommendation would be a book this week i am reading good omens by neil gaiman and terry pratchett and the show is coming out sometime later this year and starring david tennant and michael sheen which i'm very excited about oh and john ham but from the first few chapters of the book, I've been hooked. It's just so funny. And I am in love with Neil Gaiman. You guys know that. I will read anything Gaiman does. Actually, yesterday, when we were in Stratford, there was um, an anthology of all of Gaiman's DC works, like his comics. And I mm. almost picked it up, but it was nice. just a little too expensive. All of his work for yeah. DC? Like his, no, not all of his work. I apologize. That's I apologize. Eight. Eight of his best comics. Oh, Oh, it's probably it's probably a superhero stuff then, because like they yeah, like it was his, all superhero. Uh, it wasn't Sandman. It wasn't Sandman. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, Gotham. It's like Sandman. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't Sandman Vertigo? Yeah, but that's technically DC. DC owns Vertigo. Vertigo is yeah. a sub imprint of DC. Kind yeah, of. but it was most of his stuff. Sandman, yes, yeah, definitely a Vertigo book. Absolutely, it was one of the premier Vertigo books for a long time. Yeah. Well, that is my recommendation. Though is doing go read Good Omens before the show comes out. Because books are always better than the show, most of the time. Most uh, of the time. Yeah, I'll agree with that. 90% of the time. 90%. I think there are probably yeah. Game of Thrones fans that might uh, argue that. That See, that's that's where I'll, I would argue. That's where that 10% falls. Because like, I yeah. don't know about the books. I've never read the books, so I can't say anything. But at the same time, like I love that fucking show. And I don't know if I want... I have said this a million times. I refuse to read the books until the show's over. And then yeah. I'll go maybe read the same. books. And I, I've never read the books, to be fair. I'm just going off what I've heard from other people. And yeah. that is generally that the books are pretty good, but that he really needs a fucking editor. And the show seems to have been his Edit. editor uh, yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. Yep. Well, yeah, but that's like the 10%, right? That's the yeah. that's the exception, yeah. not the rule. Yeah. Whereas like for Harry Potter, absolutely. The books are infinitely better than these movies are. So Yes. But anyway, uh, I think that now about wraps this up. Uh, tell us what your geek cred is this week as well, and we'd love to hear it. You can find us on all kinds of social media. You can follow us on Facebook at D, um, you know, facebook.com backslash DRD, uh, Dance Robot Dance Podcast. I'm getting my thing screwed up. <laughs> and in Twitter, you can follow us at DRD underscore podcast. You can find us on uh, all the podcast listening sites like Apple iTunes. Please leave us a review there. That really helps. And you can find us on Stitcher and Shout Engine, all those places, all of your uh, podcast apps. Uh, save Spotify, which uh, one day we will be on Spotify. On I am working on it. <laughs> yeah. 
But until then, you can email us if you really feel like emailing us. Uh, if you don't use Facebook or Messenger, just e- send us an email at danceforbotdancepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that about sums it up, guys. Did I miss anything? Uh, I don't yeah, think I so. I can remember right now. I don't think so either. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. I hope you have a magical evening, afternoon or morning, whenever you're listening to this. And that, uh, again, leave us a comment and tell us what you think about the Harry Potter verse and all of the stuff inside of it. (laughs) Phrasing. So, uh, yeah, until next week, we'll talk to you later. Say goodnight, Tim. I want you to mount it and grip it tight. You don't want to be sliding off the end. That Talking about brooms, people. I'm talking about broomsticks, of course. I should have asked for uh, the best freeze of mine. I'll think about that for the next, next episode. I did. I and did have Mark- a couple. I did have a couple. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, right. bring, so like, I'll bring it up really? for our next for our next one. You should. You should get a list. There's probably a list somewhere you can find of like the the most inappropriate, dirty. like double, like dirty yeah. double entendre yeah. things that are in those movies. You should find that. The movie. Wizarding World sex acts. Yeah, basically. Hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. That does sound good. And um, the, the, pump, the pumpkin yeah, juice. And then, yeah, uh, I am Christy, and I was host tonight, and this is us signing off. Enjoy a magical day. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was going to happen. I fucking knew. (laughs) She's got to do it in the Christy voice, too. Like, I'm Christy Bolton. I'm Christy Bolton. I love Harry Potter. (laughs) Not what I sound like. I need need one of those, like, what's what's the, like, uh, app? Avracadabra, there you go. Christy's dead now. Avada Kadabra. I'm not even going to finish it because it's illegal. (laughs) Get out of here. Good night, everybody.